0: Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this scripture reading this morning and how our eyes can be opened to your word. And we pray that in these coming moments, you would open our ears, our hearts and our minds and help us to hear something that we need for our lives today. And Lord, I pray you would speak through me and speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Long walks on the beach. That is something that yours truly misses. Yes, perhaps it's a little cliche and it's a popular saying, but long walks on the beach are something that is so nice for me and my soul. I look forward to doing that again sometime when the beach is reopened. And sometimes it might be by myself, walking along the beach with the waves crashing against my feet as I think or pray or whatever it is I'm doing. And other times, it's nice to do that with someone, like my wife, for example. And it's nice to be able to go on long walks and to talk. A long walk and a talk is something that's happening in the scripture that we see this morning. Two people are heading from Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus. This was a good little walk. It would be like walking from our, walking out of the front doors of our church and walking down Stein Highway all the way till we got to about 13 or, or Middleford maybe even. It's a good little walk. Seven miles is a long way when we're walking. And they were talking with one another about everything that had happened pertaining to Jesus' death and resurrection. And as they were talking and discussing these things... Jesus comes and joins them in their walk. The risen Christ is with them, and guess what? They are kept from recognizing him. Jesus, knowing the answer to the question, still ends up asking, what are you discussing together as you're walking? What is it that you all are talking about? I want you to imagine today that you, um, this afternoon, you need to go to the grocery store. So you go to the grocery store, And when you walk in, you notice there's somebody counting people that are entering in. And then I want you to imagine as you walk in, you see tape on the floor every six feet. And you notice that everybody except for you is wearing a mask. Imagine if you asked for the manager and you said, excuse me, uh, sir or ma'am. Why is there tape on the floor? Why is everybody wearing a mask? The manager might say something similar to what Cleopas and his friend are saying, he or she might say, how have you not heard? How do you not know that there is a pandemic going around? How do you not know that it's a requirement for us to wear masks now? How, how, how do you not know these things? How have you not heard? Have you been living under a rock? And these two have been are talking to Jesus and they're thinking the same thing. How have you not heard about this? And in fact, they say, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who has no clue what's recently happened in these days? And Jesus says, what things? And they're thinking, oh my, he really does have no clue. So they share with Jesus about Jesus. He said, they say, he was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed before God and people. The chief priests and her rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death they crucified him. The woman went to the tomb three days later and they didn't find him. And an angel said to Jesus, he was no longer dead, but he was alive. So they are really laying out for Jesus what happened. And as they approached the village to where they were going, Jesus continued to look like he was on a journey or he continued to look like he was journeying a little further than Emmaus. But yet in good hospitality, they encouraged Jesus to stay with him. Stay with them since it was almost evening. The next scene we have is at the table. Jesus is with them at the table and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke the bread and he gave it, began to give it to them and then something shifts in the midst of the breaking of the bread. Sometimes I'll watch those videos of military men and women coming home and surprising their family. I don't know if you've ever seen those videos or a compilation of those videos, uh, but they always bring tears to my eyes as I watch them and are filled with joy as I see the reaction of, of spouses and, and grandmothers and, and mothers and fathers and, and kids as they see their loved one come home from serving our country. I remember one in particular, there was a family, a, a wife and children were at a baseball game and they went to go out to the pitcher's mound to throw the ceremonial first pitch. And their father was away uh, overseas, serving our country. Well, the, one of the family members ends up throwing the ball to the catcher uh, as the ceremonial first pitch. And shortly after, the catcher stands up and takes off the catcher's mask, and it is the father. And then the family goes crazy, of course, and runs, and they all sprint and hug one another But the point of it is is that they were sitting, the family member was staring at the catcher and throwing the ball to the catcher, but they they didn't know who it was. They were kept from recognizing that it was the father and the husband of the family. And all of a sudden, the two people who were journeying with Jesus went through the same thing. They were kept from recognizing him, but now they recognize him. And they realized that it just wasn't some person that they didn't know they realized that it was Jesus. And as they recognized him, they noticed something. They noticed that their hearts were burning within them while Jesus was talking with them on the road. They responded to this encounter with Jesus by getting up, returning to Jerusalem. Scripture teaches us that they found the 11 along with the others, and they shared their experience of the risen Christ. What an amazing story this is of the risen Christ revealing himself to two people in Emmaus. What is it that we can take away from this scripture this morning? What, guy, what might God be up to in this text today that may be speaking to us? When I was a teenager, I remember one time going on a uh, retreat uh, with a group of people, a Christian retreat, and I've been on many of those throughout my teenage years and even um, in college and but I remember this one in particular, I was with a group of people and I was walking with an older man who, um, who, and we were all singing together and he looked at me and said, did you know that you were supposed to see Jesus on this weekend? And I said, um, I guess I, I thought I was supposed to see Jesus on this weekend. I, I mean, the correct answer, I guess, is yes. So uh, yeah, sure. And he says, well, you're about to see him right now. And as we walk into this room, uh, there's candles everywhere lit. And as we walk into this room, our voices are singing in unison. And something in me changed in that moment. Something powerful took place in my heart in that moment. My heart was burning with the love of God. I saw Jesus on that evening. I had heard about Jesus being real in the lives of others, and it was one of the first times in my life that I experienced that for myself. Just like the two were walking to Emmaus, they were sad and downcast. They may have heard about the resurrection, but then they experienced the truth of the resurrection for themselves. I saw Jesus through people singing in unison. I saw Jesus as I wept with great joy and received prayer. It was an unforgettable moment and an unforgettable evening that I still think about 15 or so years later. And it caught me by surprise. It was something that I didn't expect. It was something that came out of nowhere and hit me like a ton of bricks. And I think that's one possible way that God may be speaking to us this morning. And that's what I want to share with you. Jesus can make an appearance when we least expect it. The risen Christ can make an appearance in our lives when we least expect it. There is no way that Cleopas and the other person were expecting to see Jesus in front of them when he broke the bread. They felt that they were just being hospitable in a time of sadness, but the risen Savior had been journeying with them all along. This isn't the only time in the Bible where the risen Christ is mistaken for someone else. Jesus appeared to many people after he was risen from the dead. I would love to hear all the stories from these people. And 1 Corinthians tells us that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people at one time. Can you imagine being one of those people that Jesus appeared to? Or do we need to imagine Maybe Jesus still does appear to us today, and I'm suggesting that he does. It may not be a physical appearance where we can reach out and touch him like Thomas did, we talked about last week, but we can experience the risen Christ among us in different ways. Let me share two places in particular where I feel the real presence of Christ with me, and both of them involve community. Both of them involve groups of people. The first place in my life, uh, in no particular order, the one area in my life where I always feel the presence of the risen Christ is laying of hands for prayer. The laying on of hands in prayer. I've had moments in my life where people lay hands on me, they circle around me, they pray for me. It's always been a powerful experience for me that reminds me that I'm not alone. People are surrounding me, and God is surrounding me. It's almost as if those hands are the hands of the risen Christ. I remember 10 years ago or so, before I had a major back surgery, I was really nervous. And I remember thinking about worst case scenarios and just worrying myself. And I I remember being um, uh, just really scared prior to that surgery because it was going to be a really long surgery and extensive surgery. And I remember a group of Christians, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, got around me and laid hands on me, and then they laid hands on each other, and there was this huge connection. And as I sat there with tears in my eyes and bowed my head, and everybody was circling around me and praying for me, that was powerful for me. And I felt the power of the Holy Spirit, and I felt the power of the risen Christ with me, and it was as if Jesus' hands were touching me. And I can honestly say that that is uh, one place in my life where I feel the presence of the risen Christ with me is through prayer, and specifically the laying on of hands in prayer. The second aspect and place that I feel the power of the Holy Spirit, where I feel the risen Christ with me, is through Holy Communion. A few years ago, I went on a spiritual pilgrimage to England and it was all about learning about the footsteps of John and Charles Wesley, the founder of Methodism, and the early roots that caused the Methodist movement to take off. And each morning we stayed um, or we stayed at this college uh, in Salisbury, England. And I remember each morning, um, it was about a 10-day journey, pilgrimage. And every single morning, the first thing we did was gather together in this beautiful little chapel, we sang together, and we prayed together, and we heard a little devotion, and we received the Eucharist. We received Holy Communion. And every single morning, they told us, you are going to miss this when you get home and don't have communion every morning with a group of people. And boy, were they right. I missed it, and I longed for it. And every morning, I felt the power of the risen Christ with me, the real presence of Jesus. There's something about being together, and breaking bread together that helps me experience the risen Christ. Communion is a holy mystery in which we experience God's grace in a tangible way. And one of the things I look forward to, like Jesus was revealed in the breaking of the bread in Emmaus, is breaking bread with you. is something that I anticipate one day when we will gather back in this sanctuary again and receive holy communion together what a joyous time it will be for all of us and what a joyous time it will be for me to look you each in the face and in the eyes and say, this is the body of Christ given for you. There's something about Holy Communion that's always been special to me. Christ is with us in the midst of of it all and this is a powerful way to experience the grace of God in our lives. Christ is still revealed to us in the breaking of bread, just like Christ was still revealed to Cleopas and his friend, and the breaking of the bread, and the story of Emmaus. So where do you experience the risen Christ? Maybe when you read scripture, maybe when you pray, when you worship, when you're in nature and soaking in God's creation, maybe you experience the risen Christ when you're together with other Christians. Prayer and Holy Communion are some places in my own life where I experience the risen Christ, and there are certainly other places too. But what about you? Where do you experience the presence of Jesus in your own life? The point today is this. Be on the lookout for the risen Christ because he just may surprise you. God is at work in your life, and if we would just only open up our eyes to see him and pay attention. Oftentimes we miss out on God's work in our lives because we're so distracted. This week, I want to encourage you to pay attention, whether it's at home, whether if you're uh, having to go out and to work and all of this, wherever it is that you are and wherever it is that you go, pay attention. Where is God trying to teach you something? Where is the risen Christ trying to reveal himself to you? Maybe you'll be surprised just like Cleopas and his friend on that day in Emmaus. Be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit and may your hearts burn within you as you experience Jesus. Or as John Wesley put it, may your heart be strangely warm at the risen Christ. Let us pray.